That's right. We're going to stay happy. Remember last week, uh, I read to you where, uh, I just want to bring it up again. Some of you wasn't here, but uh, one of the things, uh, Chuck Pierce, I mean, uh, Morningstar, Rick Joyner said, 2019, the study determined that America was the most negative country in the world. That's a shocker. And you know, to be negative is what God would call murmuring. And there's a whole lot of people out there are murmuring. And he says, for the most part of our history, we were known as the most positive country ever. Whatever has happened in just a few decades so radically to change this. And that negative attitude, and, and one of the things... He says it's come to steal your vision, your purpose, and, and what, what God's called you to do. But one of the things he said is called a case of national depression. Okay, you remember how God says in 2 Peter chapter 2, how God uh, delivered just Lot, vexed with the conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in hearing and seeing their unlawful deeds, vexed his soul from day to day. This is the vexing. You're hearing and seeing what's going on. And you know, you we're compelled to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart, keep it. So from here through this next few months, you gotta be real careful how much of this crap, my wife ain't here so I can say it, you let go into your mind and into your heart. Guard your hearts, don't allow this because we're not called to this. This is not what we're called, but I want to tell you, it's a spirit. And this next lady from Atlanta, the Lord showed me there's a demonic assignment against God's people in this hour from the spirit of heaviness to bring such weariness to God's people, to steal vision from God's people by locking them into this place of heaviness, hopelessness, and weariness. Last night I had a dream. The theme of the dream was the war of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord upon this demonic agenda that's come to bring heaviness upon God's people and wear them down. The Lord has seen it. He's roaring over this assignment and he's going to do a sudden deliverance. Say sudden deliverance. This attack from the spirit of heaviness has been so heavy on many that they've been feeling like it's sucking the very life out of them. Their joy, vision, and draining them away day by day. And it says the Lord roars suddenly to take the place, to take this demonic assignment away. I not only saw this attack break, but I saw the Spirit of the Lord bringing major deliverance and major healing into the hearts. In this new era, say new era, new era, we're going to see a wave of deliverance unlike anything we've ever seen before. We're going to see the most powerful demonstration of the power of God in the name of Jesus bring such significant deliverance that it will leave people in awe and wonder at the beautiful King. Not only so in dealing with the Lord, this assignment of heaviness and weary that's coming on God's people, He's going to roar and bring healing and deliverance into the hearts in an unprecedented way. The Lord will strengthen his people. Now, I want to tell you something. You may be weary. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. If you faint, not. And we're not going to faint because we're living by the strength of another. When you run out of gas, that's time to tap in to him that has the gas. You know, Scripture says in, uh, to, to grant to those that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. The what? Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. 
Now, we hear that. So, I read Chuck Pierce this week. And I'll see if I can pull him up. It'd be a miracle if I do, but we'll see. Okay. This is what he said. Oh, I lost Chuck and got something else. He says, we are completing a year of trans, trans, uh, transition, transition and preparing to go through the door of a new year. This is a crucial time to reconcile the past. What's the word? Reconcile. reconcile. If you've been around here long, you know that word reconcile in the Greek is exchange. Reconcile. And he says, the past so we can step into the new beginnings, the celebration. And he says, uh, Ecclesiastes talks about it being a, there's a time for war. And he says, the king is in the field. So allow the Lord to work with you. Stay focused on what he's doing in you. For it's important that the layers of lies are removed so we can end this transition and coming to a new beginning. Now listen to what he said. This important that this veil of lies that's come over you will be removed. Amen. Now that's he's, he said that this is this is what he's talking about. Basically, we know he's talking about the new year. The September is the new year for the Jewish. And I told Marion this morning. I probably had never told y'all, but in the lives of churches, this one especially, from September. Till 1st of June is the most important sowing and planting time of the year. It's the focus time. When you hit vacation time in the summer, you don't want to start any kind of new program because everybody's scattered, which is part of your living. That's part of life. So you don't stress out if people all run off to the mountains like I did and leave you sitting. That's part of the process. But as we've gone into the place of hiding like we've done, or some people have done, and, and they've entered into this time, this veil has just crept over. And it's sitting over the people. But he said it's time to get this thing off. And because it's affecting you, because you can't help it. Uh, I woke up this morning about five, and my message got shot all to pieces. <laughs> it's okay. It's happened a whole lot. Hebrews 10.35, he says. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now he that will come will come and will not tarry. But the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But would not of those that draw back, but them that believe to the saving of the soul. 1 Thessalonians 2.3 says the last day will not come except there come into falling away first that the man of sin might be revealed. Saints, open your eyes. It's being revealed. And there's a, there's a falling away that's happening. The latter time, 1 Timothy 4.1, latter time some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, that's part of the last day that we're in. We're in a warfare right now. But it ain't a warfare that we need to get under. It's a warfare we need to get over and get on with living. Okay. And we see that, you know, one of the things we talked about in Daniel 7, 25, it says that the, that the devil, that's one of his assignments, is to wear out the saints of the Most High. Wear you down. Well, 
If he wears me down, I'm living by the strength of another, and I don't think it's going to happen. Do you? So I want you to see what's happening. But then these are the scriptures the Lord, you know, he told me one time. I said, Lord, what are you saying to me? I was kind of at a place where I wanted to hear from the Lord. And he says, why don't you read those verses you don't have underlined? You know, we like those verses we got underlined. But there's a few verses we don't have underlined that we need to hear. And this morning, he woke me up, and I'm going to start in Ephesians 4. Okay, 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. That's what you're talking about, about offenses. Many will be offended at one another. That's part of the end time. They shall hate one another and deceive one another and all that's going on. Neither give place to the devil. Now, I want to ask you a question. This is written to Christians. If he says don't give place to the devil, that means you can. I think we may have been doing an injustice when we talk about being in Christ and being protected that we think that we can do what we want to and not ever be affected by that. It wouldn't be there if we couldn't give place to the devil. And we got to understand because that's what's happening in the world today. Look at the church. Look what he's done to the church. He's got people hiding that never hid before. Now listen, let him that steals steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands, do what is good that he may give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to youth of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Watch what you say. You can speak life, or you can murmur and complain and be negative. Saints, we got to stop it. We need to stop it. It doesn't produce any fruit. And all it does is just spill out all that junk that we don't need to be doing. Okay. Remember in the book of James, he says, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now somehow this message, that he that's born of God cannot sin. Are you with me? So there's a kind of an undercurrent here that it don't matter what I do, I can't sin. Lie. That's this lie that's resting over you. Listen, that part of you that's born of God cannot sin, but you have the flesh and it can. Because sin dwells in your flesh. And you've got to guard your heart and watch this thing that's coming in. If you've committed sin, it will be forgiven you. And 1 John 1, it says, it says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. Well, if you can, he's faithful and just, okay? If you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth's not in you. But if you confess it, and this is what he's saying, if you're an unbeliever and you say you don't have sin, you're lying. But if you confess your sin, then he's faithful and just to forgive you. And once you've forgiven, you can't sin. Lie. I want to tell you something. I think the devil's done a number on us. Because whatsoever is not of faith is all unrighteousness is sin. You can't separate sin from the devil. They're the same. And in your thoughts and your mind, will, and emotions, there's times 
that we what? Get angry and sin. Not sin, no, we sin when we get angry. So we got to start watching that stuff because that's what's happening here. And if you've committed sins, they'll forgive you. But I want to show you something in 1 John chapter 2. It says, little children, I write these things to you that you sin not. Who's he talking to? Believers. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he'll forgive you. Jesus died for all of your sins, past, present, and future. He said in the, to the churches in the Revelation, now I'm just telling you what he loaded down on me this morning. He said seven times the seven churches he used the word repent. He's still using the word repent. The word repent means this. Here it is. Not to feel sorry that you've done it. It means to have another mind. The natural mind is not subject to God and never will be. But when we repent, we take the mind of Christ. We think different. When you think different, you act different. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3 there too. You see what I'm saying? And uh, you know, he, like I said, he said, oh well. 1 John 5.16. If any man, 1 John 5.16. If any man sees his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he will give him life for that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that you shall pray for it. If you see your brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, you shall ask life, and it will be given. He will be forgiven. John chapter 20. What's he say? Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. This is what she's trying to say a while ago. If you've got something you're holding against somebody, you're sitting there in the power to hold that sin, whether in yourself or somebody else. Whosoever sins, you remit. Whosoever sins, you forgive, they're forgiven. And so we got to see there's a responsibility that comes along with being who we are. we got to guard our heart, with, especially right now, with all the junk that's going on around us. you got to watch these and watch these. And stay focused. If you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid in Christ. You remember what it says in 1 Corinthians about chapter 11 when it talks about taking communion? He says when you come and you take communion like we're fixing to do, some of you come from one home group and some from the other home group. And he said, but when you all come together, some of you eat up everything before people can even get here. Be mindful of each other. If you're hungry, eat at home. Don't come and abuse the table of the Lord by not being conscious of one another. And he said, for this reason, many are sick and a few people are dead. Now, I want to tell you something. I really, John Lake said this, and I, it, he said, sickness is sin. Any way you get it, there was no sickness till Adam and Eve sinned. Now, he took care of our sin, but I think there's times when we allow little foxes to come in to spoil the vine. And we don't deal with those little foxes. And first thing you know, they're big foxes. And then you don't even know there is a fox. Then all of a sudden you find yourself in the state of what's going on here. Listen, nothing can separate you from God's love. But I'm telling you, these scriptures was all there for a purpose. And this is what he was showing me. 
All unrighteousness is sin. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if one of you be overtaken in a fault or of sin of any kind, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. So in this time, what I want to do, and I've been guilty as any of you. I'm not preaching down to you. I'm telling you what we've been doing. Because this little doctrine of you can't sin is sneaky. I'm telling you, that which is born of God can't. But when you give in to the wrong kind of thinking and the wrong kind of speaking and the wrong kind of action, first thing you know, you're a partaker. What did he say in Romans 6? Sin will not have dominion over you. But if you give yourself to sin, oh. Romans 6, 16, listen to what the Passion says. Offer yourself to sin and it's the last free act you have. Offer yourself to sin and it's the last free act you have. Because what? Sin will have dominion over it. If you give yourself to sin and unrighteousness, you give yourself to righteousness. And I'm saying there comes a responsibility with this walk we're in. Now, don't give place. And I say I have and I say a lot of you have. And before we take this, I want to lead all of us in a prayer. Okay? Now, I want us to be conscious. I don't want us to be sin conscious. We're righteousness conscious. But I want you to realize when the Holy Spirit says, when you do or say something you shouldn't, the Holy Spirit says, yeah, it's not quite right. Forgive me. That's it. It's over with. You have no more consciousness of it. But we can't carry that stuff around and do these things. And because the devil has the only place, give no place to the devil. We can give him place. But God puts you in a place where he can't touch you unless you do. You know, there's, there's a scripture, 1 John, says he that's begotten of God, says he that's begotten of God doesn't sin. What does he say? How's that worded? can't remember. But what he's saying is, cleanse yourself. But scripture doesn't say that in the Greek. It says, he that's God's, God cleansed is God kept. Talks about you cleansing yourself. He that's born of God cleanses himself and the wicked one touches him not. That's it. Listen, the Greek says, him who God cleanses, God keeps. You with me? You can't cleanse yourself if you tried. You could scrub all day and night. It wouldn't help. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But what I want to do, me and I want to lead you in a prayer of confession of sin. There's a blockage here that's trying to get on us. And, you know, people said, well, does God forgive willful sin? There ain't no other kind. <laughs> all sin's willful. Listen, we're not sinners saved by grace, but we're saints that occasionally sin. That which is born of God doesn't practice sin. Yes. That's not your way of life. That's not our way of life. Yes. But I want to tell you, we've got to keep the path clear. We've got to walk as he walked. 
We've got to keep the path clear by not allowing stuff to come in and go through us and, and hinder our flow. Amen? You with me? I'm not being legalistic. I'm just reading some of the scriptures we don't have underlined. Amen? Pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I just confess sin in my life that I don't want. I've thought things, I've said things, and I've done things that doesn't line up with your word. I call it sin and I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're at the right hand of the Father. Make an intercession. And you said, my sins and my iniquities, you would remember no more. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Devil, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go. I command all this heaviness to go into Jesus' name right now. All depression, you got to go now in Jesus' name. All confusion, go in Jesus' name. Every one of you spirits, you got to go now in Jesus' name. You got to go in Jesus' name. Stress and pressure. Stress and pressure, you got to go in Jesus' name. Every bit of it's got to go in Jesus' name. Every bit of this stress and pressure's got to go. Doubt and unbelief, you got to go. You got to go in Jesus' name. Despair, despondency, all you spirits, you got to go in Jesus' name. Just breathe them out. Say, not on my watch. You got to go in Jesus' name. Sadness. How about fatigue? Has anybody but me been bombarded with fatigue? It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. All fatigue and tiredness in the name of Jesus, I command you to go. Breathe it out. You go now in Jesus' name. Go now. That's that spirit of slumber. Spirit of slumber. Got to go in Jesus' name. I don't have time to sleep all the time. Come on, Jesus' name. You got to go. All you mind-binding spirits, you go. Now, every one of you demons in the name of Jesus, say it. You don't have no place in me. You got to go. I have dominion over every one of you. Your day's over. Thank you, Lord. All right, Mary. Now we're going to protect. We're clean. We're clean through the blood. But I, I want to apologize because... I've been in situations with pastors in which I've heard them say, and I didn't say a word. We can't sin. It's impossible for us to sin. Because that which is born cannot sin. Well, I believe that if you stay there. But if you don't bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, you're thinking something wrong. And so, I'm, I'm you know, I ain't bought, bought into it, but I hadn't been Telling y'all either way, but I just want to tell you something. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to tell you something. Yes, God give you a new heart. Yes. And it says, having these promises, dearly beloved, 2 Corinthians 7 1, I think, let us 
cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. How do you cleanse yourself? Confession. Don't be sin conscious, but don't bury sin. You deal with it when it comes up. Amen.